Welcome to Listening with Leaders. I'm Doug Noel, lawyer turned peacemaker. I teach executive leaders how to listen to emotions rather than words so that they can become the leaders everyone wants to follow. And I teach those same leaders how to be authentically present, available, and connected to their families, despite being insanely busy. I have learned that we are 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Learning how to listen to emotions is, in my experience, the foundational skill of life. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'll reveal how you can be on our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. So let's get started. Doug Edwards, you've got a brilliant first name. <laughs> Doug Edwards, you are the CEO of Smarty, based in Provo, Utah, which can be found at smarty.com. Welcome to the show. I'm looking forward to this. Thank time. you. So tell Thank us. Thank you. Actually, I'm the I'm the president and COO oh, of so the organization. Right. So. President and COO. That's right, because the, the, okay. the your founder is is the CEO. Yeah. Correct. I, I don't want right. to offend him. <laughs> yeah, nor do I. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about your background, which is so fascinating, and then we'll talk a little bit about Smarty and see where we go from there. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I grew up in a military family. Uh, and uh, spent oh, all of my growing up years with my father in the military. Uh, he was a colonel in the uh, army and uh, was a hospital administrator. And so we had a number of very, very good um, situations where we lived. Uh, it was a great upbringing. I loved it, even moving every one to three years of my life and having to, re to start over. I think it was a great foundation for me. Uh, in my life and especially going into business, getting to know people and uh, using those skills. And then um, ended up just kind of moseying on into college and <laughs> the rest kind of took care of itself. Uh, it's interesting how my life has played out. Yeah, I ended up did, uh, did serving a mission for my, for my church at a young age. And that took me to Hong Kong where I uh, spoke Chinese for a couple of years. And then that opened up doors for me that um, it's interesting when you have to spend so much time with such a difficult language, uh, how it expands your mind and opens up uh, all sorts of opportunities. And uh, that did. And I ended up graduating in Chinese languages, going back and studying in mainland China, and then going on for an MBA. And um, that led me to WordPerfect which I took advantage of all the technical training I could while I was there. And that led me to a little startup uh, here locally uh, at the time called United Education Centers or UEC. And then later on we became Test Out Corporation. And that ended up being a 23 year journey for me, wow. which really established my my skills in learning and experience in helping grow a small company into a larger organization. And, um, and then ultimately that led me to Smarty, which is, uh, I would consider the, the uh, you know, the thought that comes to mind is Mr. Holland's opus, uh, where <laughs> it's just, a, it's, it's just one of the greatest opportunities I've had. It's the funnest. It's fun to do it all over again, but with some understanding and knowledge behind me. That's great. You know, I, I'm always impressed by people in your church who who go on missions and how profound for some um, those missions are and how it shaped their lives. I've got friends here in Central California who are members of your church, and I 
lawyers that I've known for many, many yeah. years. And yeah. we talk about that. And um, I think that's a, that is truly a um, life-changing experience for a lot of young people, which is probably why the church does it. <laughs> Besides, well, without, without a doubt, I mean, you think about it, you look at different countries around the world that require you know, military service at, at those young ages, and right. you take you take people at the most formative point in their lives at 18, 19 years old, and then you go, to, you go put them somewhere in the world. And in our case, now just go serve other people, get out of yourself right. and go serve other people. And by the way, you're going to learn a new culture. You're going to learn language. <laughs> so it's, it's a great foundation for it life. It really is. So tell us a little bit about Smarty. I, I, I went to the website today and looked at it, but I'd like to, it's, what was the term location data verification? Was that the term that you guys used? Location data intelligence. There you go. Yeah. 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 Location data intelligence. I think it's a great term. But uh, yeah, we basically, in a nutshell, uh, the core, our core service, our core uh, product that we offer is address verification or validation. So two, two good examples of that would be if you go to check out of an online store and you put your address in and it comes up and it says, oh, do you mean this? And it's a cleaned up shippable address. That's our service. Oh. Um, and so, so it's I a software as a service. So I use ShipStation. So if I go to ShipStation, put in the address, it says down there, little red line, address verified. That's the kind of stuff. If, if, it's, uh, if it's correct, it's probably ours. If it's okay. not, maybe it might be somebody else's you know, <laughs> service that does that. Right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, and then uh, but we go beyond that. Uh, we call it address. So anything that begins or starts with an address, we can solve a lot of problems, a lot of issues for companies. So we can do address verification and quality uh, for U.S. and international. We can do geo coding, so very accurate, hyper accurate longitude latitude, uh, reverse geo coding, address enrichment. Um, all sorts of metadata we can give on an address, such as voting district, uh, school wow. districts, tax districts. Uh, we can give property attributes and all sorts of other data sets, like our our master address file. Some people can subscribe to our master address file, which has, I think, right now about twenty million more addresses than even the USPS does. So really, yeah. How do you so, how do you accumulate that data? Oh, many different sources. We source a lot, but we also verify and we we you know, we've just been in this business for over 10 plus years. We have an amazing amount of data sources mm -hmm. uh, at our fingertips. So, you've been you've been with the company I think since 2019, is that correct? Correct. Yeah, the January of 2019, so what, just over 4 years. What unique skills do you bring to Smarty to help it succeed as a CEO? And imagine now that we're talking, our audience is CEOs. And so I, they're interested in learning from you. What, what is it that's unique about you that you bring to the company? You know, it's interesting. Um, there's, there's all sorts of great studies and great articles in, in, in the Harvard, Harvard Business Review. And it was the first one I, I really read that dealt with this one subject. But um, the importance of having that secondhand person, that, that person that can be with you in the journey. For a lot of these entrepreneurs, it's good to find somebody that's maybe different, thinks a little bit different than yourself, um, uh, kind of brings a different perspective. 
can challenge the person in a, in a good way. Um, and then it was probably more inclined like myself to want to add structure to the organization so that it can build and grow and with, withstand some of the weight that comes on to it over time. So you're building a good foundation. Um, with me, again, you know, uh, 25, six, seven years of, of business uh, experience coming into this small organization at the time of about 20, 25 people. Um, and then kind of knowing what it takes and having felt some of the pain of growing a small business into something larger, just having been there and done that and being interested in building a firm foundation to this organization to allow for the growth, that's probably the skill set that I bring in uh, to Smarty. It was different, thinking differently than an entrepreneur, but very intrapreneur um, in, in myself, wanting to figure things out. Um, but then having been there and done it. Lots of experience. Smarty's unique in... Well, I wouldn't say unique, but it's unusual in that you, your growth has come, the company's growth has come totally self-funded. How do you manage that? Well, uh, just a, a very disciplined owner and founder. He is very disciplined in his own personal life. And his decisions have basically allowed us to have the funds we need to grow and to move and We've been very, with that, knowing that it's, that we are the sole source of that, it, it makes you want to, to uh, make better decisions. You know, you, you, you're you forced to. to, yeah, you live within your means, but grow in ways that you really feel will affect the, the long-term health of the organization. And then, and then keeping in mind that you're building something at, I like to use the term enduring organization, building something that has a long-term value to it. Because um, the owner is not in it for the short-term gain. He's not right. just- The typical- and, and that's a lovely yeah. thing to have. Yeah, yeah. that's a lovely uh, environment to be in where you're not uh, trying to live up to somebody else's expectations outside of the organization. Yeah, I, 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 I'm a vice president of a small startup in Southern California. We're the same thing. We're totally self-funded and it, it takes a lot of pressure off. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, yeah. But that, um, that's amazing that, you, that you've been able to do that. I would imagine that the, when, you're, when you're deciding how you're going to grow and you're, you've, got, you've got a pot of, pot of capital to deal with and you've got to really be smart about how you're budgeting out your capital expenses and and how you're going to allocate money for growth and do a lot of research to make sure that the money you're investing the money the self-funded money you've generated the profits you've generated retained earnings are going to be put to good use that that seems like it would take a lot of discipline it does and uh but again luckily the company was extremely or very very healthy uh, for many, many years. And so it allowed him to, to uh, you know, have that type of uh, funds available to him. And so when the time came and we started to add more people to the team and, uh, and the, grow the company in the way it should, it's just, 
it's there. It's available to us. And we try to be very judicious about it. Right. But yet, it's time. It's time to grow. Uh, since I've been here, we've had our revenues are oh over over three times at least of what they were when I got here, and our our the number of people that we have is is well over three times that. So uh, that's it's, and that's that's in like three years, three or four years. Yes, that's impressive. I I, I noticed that. Um, the company values uh, were 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 come from the Arb Arbinger Institute, which I'm familiar with. Not many people have heard about that, but tell me tell me yeah. a about that. How, how how their work in leadership has has influenced you and and your leadership of the company. Well, you're familiar with it, and if um, what's fascinating about the Arbinger is, you know, if I put it in a nutshell, it's it's actually just reminding us to see people as people, to see the humanity in other people. Yes, you're going to be quick to judge and all those other things like that. But if you just step back and just remember that that's a person, and then to realize that you have an impact for good or bad on that individual. So thinking outside of yourself with an outward mindset, they call it, and seeing the, the humanity in other people. If you, and so having that, which is Interesting with Smarty because this was a book that um, this uh, leadership and self deception was a book that our founder and CEO uh, Jonathan Oliver had had come across back in 2009, and so when he kind of split off from from uh, previous partners or whatever and, and founded Smarty Streets as we know it, well Smarty today, but Smarty Streets back then um, in 2011, it everybody started to get trained on Arbinger. So it's very unique to find a business that from day one is a foundational principle to the whole organization. And I can't tell you how much of a breath of fresh air that is, how by having that as a driver of who we hire, can, can they, if anybody's ever had a moment of seeing outside of themselves and thinking of somebody else, then you'll you'll buy into these principles, and it's a common language of diver, you know when you have diversity and and uh, oh, all sorts of social issues or 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 political issues or religious issues, you name it, we can speak on a common at a, with a common language, and it breaks down all sorts of barriers and allows us to just work together really really well. Well, I think I think the point you make is it's very rare to see a company, you know, that's that's based on the Arbiter Institute values, um, because what they do is powerful work, and yeah. they're not particularly well known, and that's why it caught my eye. So, oh, this is interesting, but I'm also impressed that that it it guides your hiring and recruiting philosophy, your how you interact with each other, um, you know, so you're really putting the principles into play every single day, and that's impressive. Yeah, from yeah, from day one, we we encourage the new employees to go and meet meet with other employees and get to know them for a few minutes. And so, yeah, very collaborative. Um, so this show is called Listening with Leaders, and that's because I'm really into into listening. And it turns out that you are too. Tell us tell us about how important listening is in both your professional work, your business work, and and also in your personal life. Uh, you know, 
Stephen Covey was brilliant in so many ways. And, and I think it's his fifth, fifth habit or something like that, which is 48 pages. <laughs> yeah. Seek first to understand. Right. And um, I think that, and by, you know, the Arbinger principles and just living life, it, I've, I've found that I, I do really well one-on-one -on -one with individuals and I'm, I'm not one that walks into a room and will take over a whole room and be the life of the party. Uh, but if I sit down next to somebody on a plane or if I'm here at the office or if somebody wants to come talk with me, uh, it's not hard for me to, to get to know somebody in a, in a short period of time. And it just takes a couple of questions of, of you know, where are you from? Uh, tell me a little bit of, oh, your work is this. And you, you simply say something like that and all of a sudden you've got a connection and, and people are fascinating. And my, my children know that if I'm standing in a line at a grocery store or a gas station and somebody in front of me has green or purple or blue hair and tattoos everywhere and nose ring, I mean, you name it, uh, leather jackets, whatever the stereotype you want to put out there, I'm going to say something like, oh, I, hey, you nailed that shade of green. I just, <laughs> you know, what, you got to tell me that. And within a minute, you are, you are having a personal conversation with somebody that uh, you wouldn't be able to have if you just didn't get outside of yourself for a moment. Where do you think you picked that skill up? This is a very unusual skill that you have. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my kids will just say I'm weird. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I think, uh, it, it's a culmination of, like I said, my background, mm -hmm. my upbringing, um, and, um, and then, uh, you know, being in many different places, having to, to, to get to know new people all the time. Um, and that, I think that just stuck with me. And then in my personality, um, I tend to enjoy Mm -hmm. life and enjoy people how so, do you what would you say to people sea uh, level people about the importance of listening in your role as president and chief operating officer of smarty uh, i'll tell you when i came into smarty there was if, if i would have come in guns a blazing and telling people what to do that would have lasted a very short period of time uh I needed to come in, understand, get to know the culture. Uh, I needed to know where they were and, and who I was dealing with and, and the individuals. And then over time, it became apparent the better way we should possibly do things, uh, you know, how the reorganization of the company should look. It became apparent. It was a sort of a natural, organic way of doing it as opposed to forcing the issue. Um, and I think with listening, your understanding grows. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the assessment strength finders 2.0 oh, yes. yeah. or that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Gals. Okay. My, my number one strength is, is harmony. Well, there uh, you go. Yeah. It's uh, it, and it probably shows in how I've approached business and life is that I would, I would much rather find common ground so that we can take steps forward as opposed to standoffs. If the, Political world out there just drives me nuts. Is when you when you when you get such polarization. When in my head, I'm just thinking, what? 
that's so dumb. Why don't you just sit down and have a conversation? And, and yeah. then we move forward, you yeah. know, with something. We can agree to disagree, but we can respect each other and we can find far more in common than what separates us. You know, the masters like, uh, and, and, and okay, I'm not, I don't want to offend a lot of people, but, but you look at how Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill were able to, to converse and carry on relationships right. on different sides of the aisle. And I look to those and I, and I congratulate people who can do that right. because we need to move forward. The, the whole idea is let's move forward. Let's grow. Let's develop. Let's, right. but if we do, but if we have to stand our ground so hard, then. Yeah. I have a, I, I have a four, I teach people how to have a polarized, how, how to have a calm conversation with the politically polarized. <laughs> and it's four questions. You're a very patient person, I would imagine. Well, you know, I'm a, my job, I'm a sophisticated peacemaker, right? So yeah. I deal with conflict all the time. And I got to thinking about, you know, how can we take, how can we listen to the politically polarized in a way that creates a transformative conversation, not a difficult conversation? And of course, and I think one, that just starts with listening, right? That's right. I mean, that's the you, first you thing. You have to be willing to listen. And you you can't have an agenda, and you can't you have to be in a place where you do not want to persuade somebody else to your the righteousness of your cause. You truly want to learn what their perspective is, and even if somebody is attacking you. That's right. Even if somebody is that's aggressively right. attacking you, to be able to just stop, take that deep breath, let the lump in your throat you know go away, <laughs> but take just take a, a breath and listen and ask yourself, well, is there any truth in that? Right. So just being able to, to one of the things I've talked about before is, is don't be afraid to question yourself and question decisions and question things along the way. Every day, some new event's going to happen. Some, something's going to happen in the economy. Something's going to change in your, 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 your customer set, you've got to step back and just listen. And sometimes as a, as a, as a CEO, you're going to be very driven. You're going to be very, very um, aggressive in everything. That's, that's why you're a CEO. That's why you're a founder. That's why your personality is, is entrepreneurial. It's, it's a fantastic way to think. Well, bring people in like myself to kind of be on the side that understand your role but will drive other things that you're not seeing. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I, th I think you make a really good point. If you, if you're, if you're a, have the personality type as an entrepreneur or a founder or a CEO, and you're, you're, you're really focused strategically on what you're trying to do, then you should bring somebody in as a COO who complements that, but maybe has, maybe understands how to look at people in a different way. It can soften your can soften your approach and balance you out. I think that's what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense to me. Or if you're more of an introverted CEO or somebody like that, then you find somebody that's a little bit more driven, but yet will still understand your position. Yeah. Uh, you know, never never stepping over the CEO. Right. That makes a lot of sense to me, and I think it's a it's a, it's a great business philosophy. Well, we're kind of getting to the end of our 30 minutes. I don't want to take up any more time, but I have one more question for you. It's a question I always ask at the end. It's a little more personal. So, Doug, what is the one thing that we would not know about you 
unless you revealed it to us. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, okay, you put me on the spot there. This is a little bit... Uh, um, You've got something. my first background. I'm sure there's something out there that we would never guess about you unless you revealed it. I, I, I probably, if, if I gave myself a minute or two, even at my advanced age uh, in, in life, I could probably pull a handstand on a chair over here or something oh like that and, uh, and hold on or whatever to something and be able to hold a handstand. That's pretty uh, impressive. That's pretty. No, I, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I, and I beat my son in, in wrestling over the weekend. So I, okay. I, I tend to, okay. That's something crazy. I don't know. But, I love uh, no, I, I love classical novels too. I love Dickens and, and those types of things. I, I love a, a good variety of, of classical a, literature and stuff. I was an English literature major at Dartmouth, so we have that in common. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I really appreciated the conversation. Well, thank you, Doug. Doug Knoll here. Thank you so much for listening to Listening with Leaders. If you are a successful executive leader who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.dougnoll.com slash podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on the social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag listening with leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to my website, dougnoll.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. That's at Douglas E. Noel. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.